Hola. Ida Hanya ni Duhenyu. I was having a conversation with my mom and I asked her, how do I greet a group of people in Garifuna without saying like a morning, good afternoon, good evening. So Ida Hanya ni Duhenyu means hello my people in Garifuna. Welcome everyone to the second episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast. My name is Nidia Guiti and by profession, I am a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Georgia and New York. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome again. (laughs) And thank you for listening to the first episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast. I am so excited to be recording this second episode. I want to give a special, I want to give a couple special shout outs. So we have some international listeners, one in Norway and one in Korea. So thank you. I also want to thank um, Stephen Martinez, who created the introductory music to this podcast. Thank you so much, Stephen. So short story, Stephen and I went to high school and he and I crossed paths again when I met his wife at a community meeting for the Atlanta Garifuna Association in 2016. So thank you. Just thank you for creating the music. Um, It has a Garifuna flair to it, which I love. I absolutely love. And I want to bring more of the culture to this platform. I also want to thank Joy from the Joy of Social Work podcast. So Joy and I have a mutual friend, Samantha, who I went to the University of Vermont with. And Samantha connected Joy and myself online. So Joy and I have been corresponding on each other's posts. Like, you know, we all have a friend or a few friends who we met online but never met in person. So Joy and I met at the Millennial Social Work Conference in March of this year. She did this amazing presentation um, called Becoming a Mental Health Podcaster. And for some time, I've had this idea of a podcast, never really did anything with it until I went to the Millennial Social Work Conference. And so I went to Joy's breakout session and she provided so many great tips on just the intricacies of creating the podcast. And from that icebreaker that she did is how I was able to record the first episode. So thank you so much, Joy, for that amazing presentation. And I hope that you're presenting again this this coming year, 2021, at the Millennial Social Work Conference. I titled this podcast Quarantine Hair Vibes. Um, but most importantly, like what's coming up for me is things that I'm learning, relearning, and unlearning. And I think that for me, that's the central theme in this natural hair journey. I've been seeing a lot of posts, which I'm going to talk about today. If you or your family has been affected by COVID-19, I definitely want to send you positive vibes and energy and also offer my condolences to people that have lost loved ones um, due to COVID-19. You either know someone who knows someone who knows someone who's been affected. I know my family has, and I'm just thankful for health. I'm thankful for prosperity. I'm thankful that I still get to call and talk and laugh and enjoy time with my loved ones, despite how they've been affected by this. Um, And then for the people that haven't been affected, at least not directly, where your health has been compromised, you have been affected and how the quarantine has placed limitations on your day-to-day movement. And for people like myself, you know, things are closed. You can't just roll up to the beauty supply store at this point or go to the hair shop or there's just a lot that can't be done at this time. And rightfully so, because our health is important. But in that is creating 
a lot of time than now we get to spend at home with our families. If you do live with someone or if you're alone like myself, there is a lot of alone time where a lot of feelings are coming up and a lot of frustrations may possibly be coming up. And today's podcast, I titled it Quarantine Hair because with all of these limitations, it's not like I could go to the hair salon, which I was going to, but now that I can't go, it's almost like the need to go is there even. It, the need to go is even more heightened. So what's coming up for me are the things... What's coming up for me are things that are being highlighted as a result of being quarantined. With the exception of the times where I have to go to work or go to the grocery store, I'm home. And I am. what's, high, what's highlighted is what I am able to do things that I haven't done in a really long time, things that I've taken for granted, things that I now have the time to relearn or invest in learning so that I can get better at. And I had a conversation with one of my girlfriends and she said to me, I've never been so natural in my life. Like I don't have any nails, nothing. Um, there's nothing for me like to, I don't have to redo my hair. I don't, there's, there's a lot I don't, I don't have to focus on right now. It's actually been peaceful. She also said to me that it's cost effective and she's seeing herself for herself. And when she said that to me, it reminded me of being at the University of Vermont when I first stopped relaxing my hair. And this was back in 2007 because at, at the time or just, just in that space, like in Vermont, there's not a lot of hair hair there's not a lot of places that cater to black women. There's not a lot of places where I can go get my hair and trust that it will be done and trust that it will be done in the way that I like. So I had to learn how to use what was accessible to me. Excuse me. I had to use I had to learn how to use what was accessible to me. And that was actually when I started braiding my own hair more often. And it's not that I couldn't braid. So I learned like when I was, I learned how to braid when I was like 11, 12 years old. And the reason why I learned how to braid was because I didn't like the way that my mom braided my hair. She knows how to braid, but, but (laughs) my mom knows how to braid. However, massive comma, the way that she braids, the way that she braided my hair when I was younger, it wouldn't, her braid wouldn't start like at the root and base of my hair. It would start like really far back and then braid it down. And I didn't like that. So that is what motivated me to learn how to do my own hair. And it took time. By the time I got good at actually braiding, I was like in my early 20s, mid 20s. Well, no, early 20s. Because when I was at UVM, I was like the hair salon on campus. People would come to my dorm to get their hair braided. And that was actually how I connected with people. I definitely was not the social butterfly on campus, but I did know how to do a, a bomb roller set, cornrows, add extensions, box braids. I know how to do all of that. So if you needed that, that is probably how I made friends <laughs> in undergrad. Made friends and money in undergrad, but that skill was nurtured with time. And as I was learning to do my own hair, it did... It did as I was learning to do my own hair, it did teach me patience. It taught me and tested my patience with myself because I think that I'm, I'm, if you're listening to this, you probably do this too. You do something or you try to replicate a style that your stylist did 
mind you, this person is a professional, has been doing this for years and has perfected their craft. But when you try to do this at home, it's not going to look like the way that they do it. So in learning, in learning that patience, I also learn grace in that it doesn't have to look like they do it. It just needs to look in the best way that I know how to do it. So if you don't know how to braid, you're probably listening to this and it's like, well, good for you, Nydia. I'm glad that you know how to braid, but I, I, I'm I, not in a space where I know how to do that yet. Or it's not something that I have the patience to learn. I just want my hair done. Well, now you have the time. I'll say that. And I would encourage you to just start now and then perfect later. Let me repeat that again. That was good. Start now and perfect later. I do want to add this. There is an evidence-based practice that I am informed and trained in, level one trained, called Internal Family Systems, IFS, and it is a practice that supports people in stabilizing and aligning their parts within their higher self. And the idea is that inner parts work collaboratively to maintain balance when external burdens are internalized and then force our inner parts to take on extreme roles. So like the external burdens typically come from our like first interactions with people, which are our family members. So like think of parts like an app on your cell phone and think of your cell phone as like your higher self. So when you're on your phone, you could have like, I don't know, your Instagram app open. Your phone itself is not Instagram. The app is open. So when we think of emotions, an emotion is a part of us. We are not the emotion. So as I think about the peace that I now have, and again, my patience was tested <laughs> for me to get to this space of peace and truly seeing myself for who I am. Other apps on my phone needed to be closed. And those other apps represent other emotions like frustration, anger, um, self-consciousness, and any emotion that has come up for you throughout your natural hair journey. Like I've been, I haven't had a relaxer in almost 13 years. November 2020 will make 13 years. And there are moments like in this quarantine where I'm just like, WTF, bold caps, flashing lights, underline the word. Like what is going on? What is going on? Let's talk about the other apps or the other emotions that do come up. And frustration is a big one. Like I was having a conversation with my mom and anytime that I call her, like sometimes I'm at work when I call, but most times I'm home. And this particular time I was, I had just washed my hair and it was out. And of course, moms are moms and they notice everything about you. So that critical part came up and she's like, oh my gosh, tanto pelo and tanto pelo means so much hair. Like, and then she says, regalame un poquito para que yo lo ponga en mi pollina. And what that means is, you know, like gift me some of your hair so I can put it like in this bang area. So my mom's hair is thinning as she's gotten older, her hair has thinned more and more. And now that she's home, she's not really doing much to her hair either. So the not knowing what to do with your hair in its current state. And in addition to that, hair salons are closed. Beauty supply stores are closed. Pharmacies are still open. Their hair care aisle does not really give you, does not really give you a lot to choose from. Especially if they don't have hair care products that you would typically find at more 
or typically find at beauty supply stores in like urban areas, which is where I go. I need to have a beauty supply store that has the actual supplies I'm going to need. So that's another conversation for another day. But yeah, the pharmacy doesn't have that. So if you're limited in what's accessible to you, the beauty of this time is that we have the internet. And I know that in 2007, there was no, um, (laughs) maybe there was. At the time, I'm sure that there were natural hair care product lines, but they weren't easily accessible. I remember, I think it was the Jane Carter solution was probably the biggest thing at that time. And I was a college student. I was not paying what I was not paying those prices for to just to try out hair products. So now what you do have is the internet and you do have the option to invest in like natural hair subscription boxes so that you can try out products if you're still trying out products or just looking to experiment with something different. Another point is use the products that you have. You don't have to go out and spend more money on things when you haven't maybe necessarily explored everything that you have. Another tip that I would encourage you to explore is the emotion that comes up for you when you do start to feel that frustration. Before you do that, let me just say this. Although I am a therapist by profession, in this podcast, I do share my own experience. This is not intended to supplement therapy. If you need to follow up with a mental health professional, by all means, do that. And I will place resources on the description box of this podcast just so that you know who to follow up with. Not to say you need therapy for hair. I trust that these emotions are rooted in maybe deeper issues that this podcast may bring up for you as it relates to your hair, but is rooted in something else, which is the beauty of exploring our emotions and our feelings, because not only do we learn where they're rooted from, but we also heal those parts so that they don't continue to show up in other areas of our lives. And it's not to say that they show up in other areas as it being a bad thing. It's good that they come up. The good thing about feelings that come up that don't always feel good is that they are there to show us that something is off. It's almost like it's tapping on your shoulder like, um, excuse me, ma'am or sir. I don't like how this feels. And when this when this happens, I feel this. And what we do as people sometimes is that we either minimize, ignore, or even say like, you know, I don't have time for this. Like I have other stuff to do. And I believe you, you do have other stuff to do. But now this whisper becomes a cry and then the cry becomes a scream. And it is much easier to address the cry than it is to scream. So just to give you a visual, what we do to our emotions sometimes, especially when we don't want to deal with something, it's like, you know, I don't have time for this. So imagine um, you're trying to tell me something and instead of looking at you while you're expressing your emotion to me, I I turn my back. And you're still talking, but I'm not even acknowledging that you're there. I'm not paying attention to what's being said. At some point, that's going to get under your skin and you're not going to speak to me and you're not going to speak to me very nicely anymore. Probably going to raise your voice. You're probably going to say a few things that you don't mean. You're going to do what you need to do to get my attention. And this is this is how frustration can now take on an overactive part or an overactive role in our system. And that can look like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want to be bothered. Like, who's still, who's, who's doing hair? <laughs> who's braiding hair from their house so I can just get this done and over with? And if you do find someone to do that, sending you love and light, you shouldn't. But if you do find someone to do that, you know, you just, you just put a bandaid over 
you just put a band-aid over an emotion that's going to come back up. And if the quarantine is not pulling the band-aid off so that you have now the time to address it, you're only going to delay it further. For me, frustration, more so like in the earlier parts of my natural hair journey. So what it would look like for me is unlearning what I was conditioned to believe was put together. So like making sure that like my edges are laid or sometimes, so yeah, making sure that like my edges were laid. And I know now 13 or 12 and a half years later, I mean, sometimes my, I I, I lay my edges down. Most times I don't because I don't like, I don't like the flaky look, but I'm comfortable with both. And before it was important for me to gel my hair down because it looked put together. So I had to like really pause. And I didn't even know that it was IFS then. I didn't have the language to, I didn't have the language then to understand what I understand now, which is, okay, well, where, where's this idea coming from? Is this my idea? Where did I learn this from? And why am I doing this? And when I learned where that came from, for me, one of the memories that I think about is I went to visit a relative one time and um, I don't want to go. I I do a lot of things to appease my mom. And I, I'm sure most of us do that. And this was one of those things where it's like, you know, oh, this person is in town. Like, I want you to go see them. And against my better judgment, I went. And the whole way there, I didn't want to. But finally, I was like, okay, I made it to the door, sucked it up. And I walked in. And at that time, I think I was home for like spring break. Well, maybe not spring break, but it was a break in the school semester. And I did this twist out. I remember it was raining. So the weather was not on my side. (laughs) And it did not look like it did. My hair did not look like it did when I left my house, when I got to my destination. So I get there, knock on the door, come inside. And this person said, and what that means is her hair is bad. And granted, I was born and raised in the Bronx. And Spanish, for the most part, is the the primary language that I knew when I was younger. I still understand Garifuna. I understood what was said to me. I understood the context. And the fact that there were other people around made me feel some type of way. So I just remember, like, feeling hot. You ever get so angry where, like, it feels like your blood is boiling? That was me in that moment. And I... To be respectful, I still continue to smile, which is self-betrayal in some ways. But I had to just understand the context of what was said by whom. And my body got me out of there. Like, I think I was there for maybe like two minutes, if that. And for me to say two minutes is is being kind because I was not there that long. I was like, it was it's almost like my body, my body said, like, oh, time to go. And I said hello to who I needed to say say hello to. And it's like, well, I just stopped by. I got to go. And I did. And that experience, that experience as I was processing it, in that moment, but even later, like you have to look at the context of where the message is coming from. And this particular person is significantly older than me. And in the time I can imagine where when they were raised, this was what they were taught. And if you're not mindful and present with with those feelings and emotions, you repeat behavior until you don't repeat it anymore. And it was important for me to to 
not internalize that external message and then be be activated by it. I don't want to say triggered and be activated by it. In that time I was. So even now when people say things, it's just like, all right, big whoop. I just feel like the humane thing to do is like, you know, I'm not expecting you to love the outcome of what my hair looks like. I'm still working on it at the time. I mean, shit, even now, sometimes I'm still working on things that may not necessarily look exactly how I need it to look. And you don't have to love it. But if you're not going to say anything kind, just don't say anything. And I think that that was the mindset that I was in at the time. You don't got to love it. But if you don't love it, don't don't openly share your unsolicited advice because I'm not here for it. Which leads me to the lessons that the Rona, yes, I called it the Rona, has taught me that I want to share with you. And the first one is, if you have time, take it. Learn the basics of something that you want to get better at, whatever that thing is, which is either like braiding your own natural hair, braiding with extensions, experimenting with like head wraps, twists, wigs, which is on my list, side note, because there are just some mornings where I do not have the time, the patient, or even want to put the put forth the effort to try, which is completely fine. You are where you are when you are in that space. And I feel like the wig or a wig is the solution to that. So if you have any wigs or any wig companies that you recommend, please send them my way. I want, before I get to my list, I want like a bob. I want to get a wig in a way that I don't style my own hair. So I'm not really into the fro wigs because I have a natural afro, which is what I want to, which is what I want to cultivate or I have a natural afro and I don't want a wig that actually looks like my hair, but I would purchase a wig that I would never style my hair in. So this is where like I would experiment with color or cuts that I would never, not never, but I'm not going to style my hair in a bob. Like I wouldn't cut my hair that short now at this stage and I would like a wig that looks like that. I would like something with bangs. I want to have a collection of wigs. So if you know a good wig company, please send them my way so that I can, I can increase, so that I can grow this wig collection that exists in my head. Another point that I want to share is that whatever you decide to experiment with, will not look like your stylist. And I feel like I've emphasized that a lot in this podcast thus far, and it's only the second episode. You are not them, and they are not you. I think that it is worth giving yourself the time to learn a specific skill set that you can build over time so that you have something for yourself, something that you're creating, something that you're proud of, and something that's useful to you, especially in times like this, so that you still feel beautiful. Another thing that, another lesson is to pay attention to the feelings that do come up for you when your patience is tested. Um, Perfectionism is one of those emotions that can come up or ideas. Conforming In my notes, I wrote conforming macro and micro. And what I mean by macro is from a societal standpoint. Like, okay, you know, this isn't socially accepted. This is not what I was taught, blah, blah, blah. Micro would be, what do you think about it? And I know in my my natural hair journey, in unlearning a lot of the things that I've been conditioned to believe were correct, 
weren't even my ideas to begin with. So I had to allow myself the space and opportunity to just be. And it's like, Nydia, like, do you like this? And learning what I like, not so much what I've been conditioned to believe. I had to like learn what I like and unlearn what I've been conditioned to believe is acceptable. And that takes time because like with any habit, healthy or unhealthy, it's a habit and it's something that you innately do without even like thinking about it. And an example could be like brushing your teeth. At this stage in my life, and I hope this for you too, you don't have to be told to brush your teeth. You just get up and do it. But if I told you moving forward, you have to stop. You're going to look at me like I'm crazy. And it's going to take you some time to unlearn this healthy habit that you've developed over a period of time. And it's the same thing with unlearning behavior. I actually created a journal called the Naturally Ever After Journal. And it does, it's 48 pages and it's filled with like thought provoking journal prompts, inspirational quotes, but also questions to get you to reflect on your specific journey and identifying ways to grow your confidence, love, and self-worth throughout this natural hair process. So I'm going to add also, I'm also going to add that link to the description box of this podcast. That is it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. The next episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast will air every other Wednesday. If there are any topics that you'd like to discuss or would like more information on, please email me at hello.missguiti at gmail.com. If anything that I shared on this podcast resonated with you, make sure to like this broadcast and share it with a friend. And I look forward to our next conversation. Adios. Thank you.